Hi, welcome to the Art and Science of Learning, the podcast that digs deeper in how we learn, so that in today's accelerated world, we can learn better and enjoy it more. I'm your host, learning specialist, Dr. Kinga Petrovai. Every week, I discuss aspects of learning with academics, practitioners, and individuals with unique learning journeys to inform and inspire how you design learning into work and life. Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of the special series titled Reinventing Hybrid Learning Events in collaboration with the Learning Ideas Conference of 2022, where we discuss the nuances of programming a hybrid event that truly merges the in-person and online experience. With less than a week to go until the Learning Ideas Conference, which is taking place in New York City and online, in this episode, we discuss the many ways that the participants will be able to connect and network during the conference. My guest, the founder and chair of the conference, also shares many tips on how you can make a learning event or conference a hybrid experience that really brings together the online and in-person audiences. As in-person events are slowly returning and the future is hybrid, creating a successful hybrid class, conference, or meeting requires new skills. In this collaboration with the Learning Ideas Conference 2022, we explore the different aspects of how to create a successful hybrid event. In the months leading up to the conference, we have been following the journey of how the Learning Ideas Conference prepares a new hybrid experience for June of 2022. The Learning Ideas Conference is dedicated to reimagining education and workplace learning, using new technologies to provide us with new opportunities. With the goal to always innovate, in 2022, the Learning Ideas Conference is creating new approaches to hybrid experiences and exploring what collaboration and networking could be in a hybrid environment. In this special series of the Art and Science of Learning podcast, we follow the progress of creating this new hybrid experience, discuss the best practices in the field, and share useful tips on creating successful hybrid events. I'm very happy to have back on the podcast the founder of the Learning Ideas Conference, Dr. David Goralnik, who is president and CEO of Kaleidoscope Learning and a consultant specialized in the use of technology to improve job performance. He is also the current president of the International E-Learning Association, the founder and chair of the Learning Ideas Conference, and an adjunct professor at Columbia University. David has created the first e-learning-specific authoring tool and the award-winning Watch, Rate, and Compare e-learning approach. David has won over 200 awards in the e-learning industry, and his unique approach to his consulting and project work have saved over $2 billion due to improved employee performance for Fortune 500 and multinational clients, such as Target, IBM, GE, Time Warner, and many others. David focuses his deep knowledge of the industry to reimagine learning in higher education and the workplace. Thank you so much, David, for coming back on the podcast. Hey, always happy to be here. It's great to talk with you. Thank you. So the final in our series before the conference happens, we wanted to talk about how do people interact in a hybrid event? You and your team are learning professionals and your goal was to create a truly integrated hybrid experience, not just an online and a in-person conference. So tell me a little bit about just an update on how things are going. Yeah, no, thanks. We're getting we're getting close. So I think things are things are coming together. Always a few last minute things. We're getting down to the end. We're getting ready and everybody's excited about uh, about the conference. 
Good. Well, I'm really looking forward to also going to New York and being there in person, but also interacting online. And so let's walk through a little bit about how people can interact. No, thanks. That's a great question. So the way we have it set up, so I guess first, just to, to start back with the um, the physical setup, which I know we talked about on the last episode, but so we everything's being shown on site and every in-person talk, of course, is being broadcast online and every online talk is also being shown on site. So we have uh, as many seven parallel sessions going on at a given time. Usually when we have that, it's going to be three in person and four online. And so there'll be three rooms that are dedicated primarily to in-person talks. Each of those has um, a technical person to help broadcast them online and a session chair and a talk. So it's like giving an in-person talk, but they'll they'll also be broadcasting it um, through our through our system online. Then we also have four, and these are a little bit smaller rooms just because of, of what we can get at the venue, but four rooms where those are dedicated to four sort of sections dedicated, each dedicated to a track where there's an online or a virtual talk. And so those will be um, projected on large monitors just in a, in a similar way to a regular talk. And there are seats there and people who are on site are encouraged to attend and participate in the, uh, in the online talks, you know, looking at it on the, you know, on the big screen with the sound and all that. And so that's part of what we have, you know, as sort of the, the, the basis for how things are set up. So then in terms of how things work, Within that, so we have an event site that we're rolling out to people, which is if you, any participant, whether you know an attendee or, or presenter, logs onto the site, and then for each session, there's a, a you know button to click to to join the meeting. So if you're somewhere outside the venue, you click join meeting, you'll get logged on to the event. Um, and that's pretty much you know pretty much it. You can see what's going on, participate in the chat, participate in anything. You know that's it's one button per you know per session. There's also a way for on-site people to participate without the video because they're on-site and you know staring at the person in front of them who's giving the talk, um, which is a particularly mobile-friendly version of the chat. It works on laptop too, but it's you know particularly very nicely sized for mobile, so you don't have to take up space with the video for chat and polls and Q and A only. So if a presenter has polls, you can participate in the poll through your phone. If you want to participate in the online chat with people who are there or not there, you can participate. There's also a Q&A section. My experience is that there's you know, a lot of people who will submit questions in the chat, even though there's also a Q&A, but every system seems to have these, so we have both of them. Right. There's sort of no way around it. Maybe and say a little so, bit about what the different ways, because I do see that often. So as a, as a participant, what should you know as the difference between the chat and the Q&A, which is, you see both of those buttons, yeah. but as you said, they're often used interchangeably. Yeah, I mean, I do see them used interchangeably. Ideally, um, to me, the idea is that the chat is sort of ongoing discussion among participants throughout the session. So you may, you know, want to raise a raise something and say hello to somebody. Hopefully, you're also paying attention to the talk. But there's sort of some some back chatter that that makes sense. Um, also, any questions that they have for a technical person or anything related to, you know, oh, the audio is a little off for me or something like that. That's a good way to do that probably you know, directly to the tech person or at least in the in the chat overall. Mm-hmm. Um, the Q&A ideally is for questions for the presenter. And so we have somebody who's monitoring those. The presenter can really focus on the talk, but that those are, you know, ideally segmented away from the chat, which is sort of everything else. And the, the Q&A are things like that are really directly for the presenter about the talk that's going on right now. Absolutely. Um, in, in practice, I do think it's just logical for people to kind of fall into using the chat for both, but hopefully they can take that. But it's a very important distinction because for the for the speaker to really be able to get to the questions, it's good to have it in the Q&A. But then in the chat, you can 
the speaker mentions something and you think, ah, there's a great article that actually relates to that. Let me put that in for everybody else to see or to say, well, actually, I slightly disagree. Does anyone else feel the same way because of this? That is a chat function, whereas the Q&A is direct questions to the to the speaker. So it's, it's good to keep yeah. that in mind. Yeah, no, absolutely. And related to all of this, there is um, a networking segment that's always available throughout the conference and that's available through the event site where you can log on and and at least you know certainly chat with people and and you know reach them really in other ways if, if you want and they want um but you know chat is probably going to be the most widely used and after each session you can go directly to that and continue the discussion as well so we kind of you know have it set up so that you can also move to the main networking session and talk with other people about what you just saw if you want and again that's online and offline and so we're hoping that a lot of the people who are um, in person who are on site will choose to use the networking and the, the chat functions within the within the sessions and the polls when there are polls and the Q&A for the event site, you know, also the networking session. So, you know, one of the things about networking is, you know, some people are going to be there in person and talking with the people that are there during a coffee break and whatever. But, you know, we also have some people who, you know, know a lot of the people who aren't there, aren't going to be there in person this year. They know them from before. And we're hoping that can maybe drive some more discussion among people who are not in person with the people who are there on site and everybody can communicate. People on site can use their phones or laptops and a lot of them will, will find it easiest to use their phones. So what does this networking portion of the of the online platform look like? It's a wonderful way of bridging together the in-person and the online community who during the networking portion of a conference completely separates often and, and yeah. often the online actually get doesn't really network at all. So how does this networking function work? Yeah, I mean, the, the basics, uh, the basic part is that, you know, that you can easily chat with other people and that we can have areas broken down for discussion if we want. So we're starting with a main networking and one that's in a group and one that's more dedicated to social planning. You can just join these and leave them whenever you'd like. You can create your own as well. So if you want to create another discussion group, you can simply create it and people can see it and join in. And that's something else that people might want to do. So we do think the chat is probably for this conference going to be the most common way. I think it's, there are going to be ways that you can reach somebody, you know, through video or audio, but I'm not fully sure that's going to be easy to do in practice. Um, so I think we're going to see more chat than anything else, but chat around different topics and people, you know, being able to do that, whether you're on site or off site. And that's, I think, the most likely thing that we're going to see. We're also going to be trying to, you know, talk with people and observe how people are using things and see what else, you know, people want either for this year, for their time to make a change or in the future. And so we want to look at this as a, as kind of a, you know, an evolving uh, system as well. Right. So then the networking can be broken down into interest groups, that virtual rooms that people can come in and out of, or a virtual room to give suggestions to the organizers, and also to individually connect with certain people. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing that's another, another thing that we are set up to do and are, are allowing and encouraging is that any attendee can create their own new discussion group. So we're not limiting that to, to you know, to organizers or anything like that. So if you find something interesting, you wanna have a discussion about VR, just go ahead and start run. And anyone okay. can do that, anybody can participate. And so we're hoping that will also encourage um, you know, some more networking and some more, you know, some more discussion among people. And, you know, we don't see any reason to bar people from doing that. I know they're always kind of, you know, strange security concerns, but these are all people who are part of the conference. I really don't think anybody's going to be starting anything uh, illicit that we need to be concerned about. <laughs> that's right. No, that's, that sounds very interesting. And so how do you hope, I mean, in the networking uh, portion of the, of the platform, how do you pe hope people will use that when they're in person, other than sitting at their desk and, and logging in and using the online networking. How do you hope people will use that when they're networking face-to-face, -face, 
but they also have it on their phone and their laptop to have this networking capability. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, at the very least, I would I would hope that people would use it to interact with people who are not there. So the people, you know, so you you know, I think I think it's probably tricky to see people who are networking face to face. You know, also sort of have their phones. I think that, you know, I mean, we do enough of that as it is probably. So there might be some ways to do that to, you know, solidify the connection, although they probably would at that point just connect on LinkedIn and probably wouldn't, you know, necessarily mm -hmm. need to go through the conference system for that. I think my expectation is that it's more for people who are not on site and for the interaction between on site and off site people. I think mm -hmm. the on site interactions will probably feel for the most part, more like they do in a typical in-person conference. I'm not sure that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, people, no, you know, do want to have some time to talk with each other and absolutely. informally and casually. And I don't think you necessarily have to have your phone, you know, in the middle of that interaction. So that that should be okay. But it's a nice way to continue those in-person conversations, to continue them when you get back to your hotel, when you're taking, you, you know, you have a quiet alone moment uh, and to check in on those chats and continue those conversations. It extends the conversations rather. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, especially those that are group conversations, which yes. I think many of them are going to be online, you can easily see that and you can see something that could continue online and, and people may, you know, yeah, when they get back to the hotel, when they're at dinner, who knows? So right. you can see all of that. Absolutely. Okay, great. So then there's the chat and Q&A in the actual sessions, which of course are in the in-person sessions as well as the online sessions. And then there's also the networking feature. What other ways are you creating for people to interact? Um, I, mean, I think we fit the primary the primary ways that we would see people, um, you know, interact sort of in a more hybrid ways. And we certainly have the, you know, the standard in-person, you know, we have coffee breaks, we have a drinks event, we have a conference dinner. So we have a lot of, you know, we, we try to structure the conference um, as a as an event where people have room to to discuss things with each other. Like there are certainly a lot of talks. We have a pretty full program and a lot of things going on, but to still allow time for people to have the informal conversations and build the relationships I think are so much a part of you know what you get out of a conference. And it's it's not just go see the talk and then you know move on to the only to the next talk or move on to you know, go check your email and come back. That that it's not just about content. It's about much more open discussions and relationships. And so we do try to build the in-person events so that there's plenty of time for that. Um, we never go more than I think two hours in a session without having some sort of break, and, you know, at least 15 minutes, usually half an hour or longer. Um, we have lunches on Thursday and Friday, so you've got a long lunch break. You can come to the conference lunch or, you know, or, or not. And if you want to go grab food on your own, you're welcome to do that. But then it's time for people to walk around, see the campus, maybe get to talk with each other, come back, hang out, you know, and, and a lot of the, the good conversations take place during those times as well. Absolutely. Those are very important. And uh, every time I go out to, to an event and a conference that is also in person, it's just, and even meetings, there's just a different type of conversation that happens when you meet someone in person. And it's, it's really important to leverage that and to, to continue to do that. But it's so wonderful that you're incorporating these two elements in, in, a, in unique ways. And one of the things uh, when you were talking about you know, around the talks to have opportunities to to discuss uh, with other people. I mean, we discussed the online online rooms and ways of doing that. But what, in one of the previous episodes that we did on this podcast, when we spoke about organizing your physical space for a hybrid event, um, you said that you created those, and, and you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but just to highlight the fact that you do have smaller rooms where there's a massive screen and the online talk is is being shown, which is different from the way other conferences uh, that I've seen have done it, because 
online talks are usually online, but you create the physical space so that the people who are there, who are physically at the conference, those spontaneous conversations can happen because they are watching it together. They're not online. So that's another way that you're bringing together the online and the in-person experience, which I really like and I and I look forward to. So in terms of the people who are participating in the conference purely online, would you make any suggestions for them, tips that on how to really make use of all the different things that you're doing? Yeah, no, that's a that's a good question. I mean, I know that as an online participant, it's often just hard to, you know, have all the time that you want to participate in everything. Yes. Um, you know, it, it's just easy for work to get in in the, in the way and even with the best of intentions. You know, the more you can kind of carve out time and and really plan as if you're going to really do this and these are the talks you're going to attend and block them out on your calendar if that's possible. I think that's certainly, you know, certainly helpful. It's certainly helpful in my own experience. You know, some people prefer not to participate as much in the chat and kind of want to watch. I understand that. But if you can participate in the chat, I think it's really, really valuable. And people generally are friendly. You make some good connections. I know that even in our online only conference, we had some people who felt like, you know, yeah, they saw old friends, but also people who, who made you know, good connections and new connections. And it's a different world now. That's normal, right? Like that's a really mm-hmm. common way to, to communicate. And so there are some opportunities there. One of the things we do encourage and is a lot of our speakers participate in a lot of sessions. And so, you know, to the best degree possible, whether they're, they're in person or online. And so you will often find yourself at like, you know, here's a talk and I see that like, oh, this person whose talk that I saw earlier is at this uh, online in the chat. And then maybe, you know, that's a good opportunity to reach out and, and say, hey, I really, you know, you know, enjoy your talk, had a question or, or whatever. And so, there, you know, it can kind of build on itself in that way. Um, people are able to, to sort of free themselves up to, to participate in the chats and then also in the networking piece as well and, you know, try to try to find each other and reach out. So yes. we're hoping, to, hoping that people will be free to do a lot of that. That's really good. No, it's good. And the chat is, is great that the chat is actually open and available to those who are in person, as well as, of course, those who are online. Uh, so another way that it, it comes together. So what about the speakers? Are there specific ways that they will be interacting with the audience and with other people in this hybrid experience? Uh, no, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, there are, I guess, a couple things like, so during, so after the talks, I'm, I'm hoping the speakers will, and I know many of them intend to stick around and sort of be around in the in-person and online networking and in the chats of other talks and sort of, you know, be able to continue that way and, and, you know, go to the, you know, if they're in-person, go to the lunches and dinners and, and drinks and breaks and, and kind of see people there. Um, so that's one sub-segment. And then in the actual talks themselves, you know, the people in your session. So we're, we're actually asking all the speakers to try to be at their session before the overall session starts. So that'll give them a chance to, you know, do all the technical setup, double check, make sure everything's working right. And also they do get to know the other speakers in their session a little bit more because I'll be kind of backstage freely, freely talking and freely on video. It's like a, you know, like a big Zoom meeting with all the presenters for that session and the chair and the, and the host. So that's a way to sort of get to know people. I know that when I've spoken at in-person conferences, you kind of get to know the, per- the people in your own session a little extra because you're kind of right there. So there's that. And then once they're, you know, once they're really on stage, um, that part's probably a little more traditional during that time where there's, you know, the chat and the Q&A and for in-person people, you know, questions from the audience and we do have people monitoring those. So we have, we have those. And you just said that you do have people moderating it. So you do have that extra support so that it's not the speaker who's constantly looking at the chat, but you do have a moderator who's going to be working with the speaker on this. Yeah, absolutely. Every session actually has two people. There's one person who is in a more technical role, uh, making sure everything is is working online and off and also keeping an eye on the chat 
and the Q&A. And then there's the session chair who introduces the speakers, kind of does keep everybody on time, manages the questions overall, but you know, with the help of the, the tech person to just kind of keep an eye on things. Um, but the session chair then also is, is you know, can, can be online, you know, watching the Q&A and deciding what question to ask and come up with questions if there's a time where they have their own question. And the session chairs are all people who are from the field, most of whom are, you know, participating in the conference in other ways as well. And so um, having the two people, I think, will hopefully, um, you know, cover us for everything, uh, both, you know, the both online and, and, in, and in person and make sure that we have enough people to cover the technical issues and the content issues and to be aware of everything that's going on and let the, the speakers really focus on on their talks. Uh, Absolutely. Because there's so much more complexity, not just in the technical aspects, but in how you interact and how you how you connect in a hybrid talk and a hybrid event uh, than purely in person or purely online. So it's important to have those extra resources and knowledgeable resources to really bring that together. And in terms of anybody organizing a hybrid event. What are some tips or insights that you can share from this experience? Because you're designing this for the first time for the last two years, you've been fully online. Previously, you've always been in person. So now as learning designers, uh, you wanted to design an integrated hybrid event. So in terms of the actual interactions at the conference, what tips do you have for others designing something similar? Yeah, that's a, it's a really good question, and I may have different things to say after we've you know we've gone through the experience too. So and we will discuss um, that after the experience. Yes. So stay tuned. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So so um, yeah, so we can compare what I say then with what I say now and see <laughs> if they turn out to be the same thing. Um, but a lot of what we were looking to do was think about what room setup we could have and what technology we could have to to facilitate the idea of people feeling like they're part of the same event, right? So that really did begin with the idea that the, the online talks are being broadcast in, in the rooms on site and there are chairs and people are, you know, encouraged to come and sit and, and see the talk, you know, just like you would anything else and just like you would an in-person talk. And, and there's, there's a certain sense, you know, not a huge difference almost in, in that way. And so I think that's kind of where it all began. And then adding the networking components and other chat and, and things like that to, and I think we can even build on that more in the future to, um, you know, facilitate the communication between online and in-person people and so that everybody is is kind of, you know, having a similar experience as much as possible. And so yes. there definitely are definitely a lot of pieces to that because we also wanted to continue to have the in-person relationship building and, and fun parts of the conference, the dinner and Absolutely. the lunches and the, you know, the breaks and all that, that, you know, we don't want to, to minimize those just because the, the people who are online can't fully participate in those, but we did want to build things that brought the groups together and brought everybody together. Yeah, absolutely. And to enhance the experience for sure. Before we end, you know, you shared great tips and insights and, and strategies that you've used, but let's talk a little bit about those who are attending either in person or online. What should they be looking out for? How will they be logging in? What will they be seeing to access the online system? Yeah, and we have an event site that's going to um, roll out a little bit before the conference. So depending on the time of when this uh, when this podcast goes out, you may or may not have seen it just yet, but um, that will allow people, everybody who's registered for the conference, presenter, attendee, any role, um, will then be able to log into the event site. That will have uh, the program all in that site. It's also on the public site. Um, it's all there in, a, in kind of a grid format that's especially on, on the laptop desktop version, it's just a little easier to find what you want to attend as opposed to get it, you know, the, the, on, the public site version is understand what is in the conference. The event site is really very specifically, what do I want to go to? Uh, give you a chance to just, you know, easily get to whatever talks you want to when they're going on, click a button to join them either with video or without if you're on site and you want to join just the, the chat and the polls. Also access to the networking component, 
some other things, a list of speakers and a way to sort of, you know, obviously find kind of what, you know, what you want. It's not a huge conference, you know, it's a good sized conference. It really are a lot of things, but it's, you know, it's pretty easily browsable, but give you a couple other ways to just navigate around and find find what you're looking for and see speaker bios and you can see the abstracts uh, connected with each of the talks um, and all those things. So, you know, it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty straightforward, but the idea is to kind of be, you know, pretty goal directed and quick and, you know, have you quickly get to what you want. You want to network, you can network, you want to go to a talk, get, you know, find what you need and get to the talk. And that's um, both on laptops and desktops and then on you know, mobile devices as well. Um, or we suspect that's going to be used more, the mobile version more by people who are on site, though, you know, mm -hmm. you never know. I mean, you know, right. Use, use it, use it if you're, you know, in your car, as long as you're not driving, I guess. <laughs> that's right. Keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so it could be other uses as well that I'm not quite foreseeing. So we'll see how it goes. And for speakers, it's also a very easy integrated system because speakers don't need anything extra. They simply log in and, uh, and go onto the system like everybody else and they just go to their session and enter. So they, they don't need any extra information. Do right, they? exactly. There are, there's always, a, there's this backup notion of a, of a code that you can use to de designate that you're a presenter. Um, that's really just if somehow the system doesn't recognize you correctly, it always should. Each session is set up with, on the back end, the people who are the hosts of the session, meaning the session chairs and the organizers and the tech person and the people who are presenters during that session. So if you log, you know, if you, it is one extra typing your email, which we're hoping to get rid of for next year. So you log into the event site, you click join meeting, you then enter who you are. Again, that will actually remember you if you wanted to for subsequent sessions. And it recognizes your email address. And if you're in there as, a, as you're a presenter for that session, it will know you by email address or session chair and, and assign you to the right role automatically. Wonderful. That sounds very smooth and a lot of different ways of interacting, which, and from what I heard, you were saying there's going to be polls, there's going to be obviously the chat, different ways of interacting in the sessions as well. So I look forward to seeing those and, uh, and to hearing the talks there. You have a fantastic lineup of experts from around the world who are really interesting talking about the latest and greatest things that are happening in learning, which is fascinating. But before we end, I just wanted to quickly ask you, it's very close to the conference, but people can still join, can't they? Especially online. I mean, I guess it's a little late to, to hop down to New York, but can, can people still sign up? Absolutely. You can still sign up, really. I mean, you can sign up even during the event, really, if, okay. if, if you want. Um, and we've had some people signing up. I think generally from kind of the Northeast area where they're not, you know, where it's not so hard to plan the trip um, as recently as, as the last couple of days. Uh, online, you can sign up. We've had people in past years signing up even after the event has started. Uh, you will get access to the recorded um, sessions for anything that you miss. Um, so yeah, it's it's never too late to sign up and uh, and participate. And we are actually seeing people, I think actually seeing more people sign up for the in-person event, you know, kind of last minute than usual, I think maybe because of the ever-changing pandemic situation, people were just waiting a little bit later, those who, who could sort of yes. plan easier travel with just a car or train um, mm -hmm. to decide that they, you know, are really going to going to make it. So yeah, absolutely. that's absolutely a possibility. And we'll continue to be all the way through the entire event. If you want to sign up that late and just pick up what you missed through the recordings later. Good. And the, of course, the link is going to be in the show notes, the Learning Ideas Conference. And I'm really look. I mean, not just the lineup of the conference and the, the speakers, but I'm really looking forward to seeing this new hybrid experience and all the little ways that you've designed for people to interact and connect. So looking forward to that. And as I said, we're going to come back and discuss that afterwards uh, with great takeaways for for others who want to design hybrid events hybrid meetings and conferences and all sorts of different learning events but thank you again for sharing your insights well thanks so much for having me. it's always great to talk with you and i'm looking forward to seeing you next week 
Thank you. I'm really looking forward to seeing you in New York. All right. Thank you very much, David. Thanks. Bye-bye.